answer the question many have already given me, and that is that where is Mary? And Mary is uh, in Minnesota. She's preparing for our oldest daughter, Joy, who was, uh, her husband was our youth pastor for a while before they moved to Minnesota, was youth pastoring there, and she's to have twins on Tuesday. Isn't that great? Yeah. Way hey. So if you remember her in your prayers, that'd be great. Joy's doing great. Looks like right now they're, they're saying the twins are seven pounds each. Yeah. Fourteen pounds all at once. I'm going, oh my. They said, yeah, these are like full-born, ready to go. They said, boy, she's a twin baby carrier. And Mike's going, only one time. Only one time. Uh, so they're excited about that treasure that they're watching bring in their life. And they're especially excited because, as you know, my youngest daughter had twin boys. So Joy, being the oldest daughter, was, that was a little difficult for her. Now she's looking at her and saying, I get girls. So she definitely did the one-upper on that one and enjoying that aspect. It's great to have all of you here with us today. We're going to be in the second part of a special series that we're doing that I call Keep the Change. And what is it in relationship to? It's in this wonderful opportunity that we have as believers, people who recognize who Christ is and what he has done, to respond to God with our giving so that he can bless us in marvelous and even miraculous ways. And I'm, I'm so excited. I love teaching on finances. Some pastors don't like to teach on finances. I love to teach on finances. Uh, God has ministered to me so powerfully in this area and encouraged me so greatly that I want you to experience the exact same thing in your life. I do not want you to turn into your 50s or 60s and not have this wonderful experience of watching God literally change your life as you in faith respond to him with your finances. Now, last week, we started off with the primary truth that we have to get a handle on in relationship to finances. That if we don't get it, nothing else will matter. All the other stuff you'll do will be out of sync and will not produce what God wants to produce in your life. See, God wants to have his people known as people of generosity. That's why it truly kills me when I hear from waitresses and others that after church, people go over to the restaurant, they sit down and they eat, and they leave a lousy tip. Let me get in your face. Stop it. Give them some extra money. God will give it back to you. If he won't ask me, I'll give it to you, okay? That's how strongly I feel about it. Literally, come to me that Sunday, I'll start handing out $20 bills to you. Okay? Man, we do the opposite here. We don't say, let me show you the money. We say, show me the pastor's money. We give it back to you over there, right? I'm, I'm so serious on that, though. God wants us to be a people of generosity. And when we are generous, then God applauds us and he produces back to us far more than anything we ever gave. See, God is a God who owns everything, who created everything. And we find ourselves in this paltry concept or weird idea that if we give, you know, $100, that in some way or manner, this is some significant sum to God. And he won't be able to make it back up to us. That is crazy. It's not understanding the God that you are called to serve. So the most important aspect that we learned last week was a very, very simple one. And that is this. That God owns what? Everything. God owns everything you have. Everything you have is God's. It was his before and it still is his. But he chooses to give to you finances so that you can have a business for him. 
You get to have a business for God. God loves you, and he wants to honor you in this way. He says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you all this, and this will be a business. You're going to be my manager of this business. And if you manage it correctly, you will experience marvelous, marvelous things in relationship to two things. One is faith. Your faith will grow and develop. And secondly is friendships. You will find yourself having such great friends because whenever they come to you, you're always giving them money. They come back. Well, yeah, there you go. But they do because they recognize you are a generous person that God seems to continue to flow through you. And God said, I want you with my business to produce two things. One is faith, and the next thing is friendships. He says, those are the only things that are going to continue on to eternity. You'll understand that truth, and if you can grab a hold of it, it will change your life. Everything will begin to change in relationship to your giving. How many of you want to be more generous? Good. This is what I'm going to do right now. All you guys, I want you to take out your wallet. Okay? What? Women, take out your purse. Come on, get your purse. Come on, do it. Come on, come on, pull it out. I'll pull out mine. Okay? Pull it out. Okay, take that out. Okay? Hand it to the person next to you. Hand your wallet to the person next to you. Hopefully not your wife. Okay? Okay? Just do it. You're getting getting it. Just do it. I gave it to Bob. Bob got mine. It's coming over. William's getting yours. Okay. Everyone got that done? Okay. Now you can give to your heart's content. Give all you want. Give all you want. Okay. I take. Give it back. Give it back. All right. Shoot, some of you wanted your neighbors because they got a whole lot more than you do. Going, man. Oh, my goodness. God desires to do great things through our lives in terms of generosity. And one of the things that he tries to teach us is a simple thing called the tithe. Okay? We're going to talk about the tithe. And I'm going to help you understand it so you're going to find yourself going, I can't wait. I can't wait to give my tithe. Let's start off with this fun video called The Tithe Wrap. Yeah, I asked Pete and Glenn to put it together and they said, not happening, Pastor. I was willing to try. Actually, Egypt can dance. They could do the dancing, no problem. But the rest of the part may not go so well. It is so exciting. You know, we have fun watching this, but it is so exciting to get involved in building God's kingdom as he works through us using the finances that he brings into our life so that we can turn around and use it to watch him build his kingdom. Now, many people talk about preachers are out for the money. Let me tell you something. I get no increase in my wages as a result of you giving more. If you double your giving and we triple the amount they're here, my wages stay the same. There is no gain for me to talk to you about giving more except for this. It's the gain that I get when I see the joy that comes when you respond to God. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've seen my my children uh, learning to tithe and do the wonderful change in their life. Chris shared last week about how God changed his life as he began to understand tithing and more specifically generosity. That God desires to make us as a conduit for him, and we want to experience that in our life. Now, one of the verses we're going to talk today is out of Leviticus 27.30, and 
I'm going to read it and you guys can respond to me here. I think we're going to have it up here on the top there. And it says this simply. A what? A what? A tithe. Yeah, a tithe of everything from the land, the grain, the soil, the fruit, and the trees. A tithe of everything does what? It what? Belongs to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. He said, the entire tithe of the herd and the flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. You have to understand how this process would bring about. It was really simple. We would line up ten of you people here, and you would walk over, and I'd go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and I would tap you, and you'd have a little red mark. You're the Lord's. Okay? And that would happen. Every tenth one was God's. So it was clear to everybody what was God's and what God had provided you in relationship to other things. There was no question about that. God is saying the same thing is true in your life in relationship to your finance. Every tenth is God's. Now, I have a lot of times people say, well, I tithe. And I go, that's great. So you give a tenth you know, to, to the storehouse. They say, a tenth? No, no, I tithe. And I said, You're using tithe like people use the term church. The term tithe simply means tenth. It means tenth. That's all tithe means. Tenth. There's no special significance to it. It just means tenth. Oh, that's it. That's it. A tenth of everything belongs to the Lord. And we call it the tithe because it's a set-apart section. It means it's holy to the Lord. It's to be set apart to God. You see, if we really wanted to get technical about this whole thing, we'd recognize the tithe isn't even really giving. It's returning to God what he asks you to give him back. God gives you 100%. He says, here you go. Would you give me back 10%? And you go, no. How do you think God feels about that? I know how I would feel about that. Because I do that to my son sometimes. Hey, son, here's 50 bucks. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I get back five? And he turns to me and says, no. No, he doesn't. He gives me five with a smile on his face. Here you go, Dad. No problem. Thanks for the 50. He understands the principle that God gives to us and that he requires, he directs us to understand that he is the owner of all that we have. How many of you have a business? You should learn from last week. All of you should have your hands up. Every one of you have a business. Every one of you. It works in a different way. Some of you work for somebody. Some of you work with somebody. Some of you have people that work for you. Regardless, God has given you a business that you're responsible to respond to God with in your behavior, in your actions, and in your generosity. You should have within that business both faith aspects. We show faith to God on a regular basis. Faith in terms of what we invest and how we invest it in His kingdom. And secondly, friendships. We should be building friendships in that business structure so that when we are brought into eternity, they verify, yep, This was my friend. They took care of me. They were involved in generous giving to me on a regular basis. And God said, it's wonderful. You're going to live with them for the rest of your life, so it's good you did that. Or they might have remembered how you didn't do that. 
God directs us in relationship to our finances. So what we want to learn how to do is how to manage effectively as God's business managers. And we talked about a little bit that last week, and I mentioned a few here. There's more to it, and every week we're going to add a little bit more to help us understand how to effectively manage God's business. In Malachi 3, verse 8 and 9, he says this. God questions. He says, will a man do what? Rob God. Will a man rob God? He said, but yet you rob me. Well, how in the world do we rob you? He asks. God responds, you rob me in my tithes and offerings. Therefore, he says, you are under a what? Curse. A curse. The whole nation. Why are you under a curse? Because you are robbing God. How do you rob God? By not giving him his tithes and his offerings. When we take that, we're robbing God. We're taking back from God what is already his. And God is not happy about it. He is not happy about it. And we need to understand this simple truth. So the first business we call the cursed business. The cursed business. The Hebrew word for this is kaba. Very literally, it means to defraud or to rob or to cheat. It's also used to embezzle. It's a sobering way to think about it. If I don't tithe, I'm embezzling from God. Of course, he doesn't know about it. I had a friend, I'll use that term loosely, who was came to me after basketball. We were playing basketball back in um, Minnesota. After we got done playing... He came to me. He was a terrific basketball player. I always wanted him on my team. He was great. And uh, so after we got done winning, actually, uh, we came back, and he was in the car, and he's talking. He said, Pastor, could I talk to you for a minute? I said, sure, what's up? And he said, have you read the paper recently? I said, yeah. He said, uh, did you read about the guy that was stole like a million dollars from American Express and has been charged with and all that? And I said, yeah, I did read that. He said, it's me. Oh, is this confession time? He said, yeah, I've got to confess it to you because I'm not going to confess it to you. <laughs> I said, what's going on? So we talked about what had taken place and how something that started as a little thing just kept growing and growing and growing until he found himself unable to stop embezzling. And folks, what happens to us in relationship to God is the same thing. We start little because you see, it's not, it's not really difficult to tithe to God when all you make is $100 a week. Ten dollars, it's like ten bucks, no problem. I find that sometimes on the ground, okay? Okay, Lord, that, no problem, you know. But then we say, but God doesn't really need my ten dollars, so I put it back in my pocket. God doesn't need that. Misunderstanding the principle. And then as we begin to grow in our finances, our ability, we find ourselves unable to respond to God. We continue to embezzle from Him. And God is going, you are missing out on so much. You see, when I say that God's not happy, I don't mean that God's mad at you. God's disappointed in you. Because he wanted to use you to do marvelous things, and you chose instead to play in the mud. He had some wonderful things to show you, and you instead got direct TV. Ooh, you got an Xbox. Oh, my goodness. You got a new car. Wasn't that great? Have any of us ever noticed that 10 days after the new car we got, we don't really care about it anymore? It's just something else that we're driving now. First 10 are great, and then it just wears off. God says, don't 
do this. Don't withhold what is mine. It's a very bad idea to trade the blessings of God, to trade the blessings of God that he wants to pour into our lives for a measly 10%. Three steps forward, four steps back. That's what begins to happen to us in relationship to our structure and our business. The interesting thing is that I have found out is when I talk to people who do this, their finances are always a mess. 95%, there is that weird 5% that seem to have to give to giving or something, but 95% of the people that I interact with, if they are not responding to God in this way, find themselves in a mess with their finances. There's always more month than there is money at the end of the month. Okay? They're just always, and they say, well, Pastor Lee, if I could just get this much more, then I would begin to give. And I'm going, if I gave you twice what you made right now, you still wouldn't be able to do it. You wouldn't do it. And the reason you wouldn't do it is because you haven't learned what God is desperately trying to teach you, and you've allowed the love of money to become more powerful than the love of God. And it is strangling you, and it will continue to strangle you until you are dead, dead and gone. It's going to kill you. Unless you find this wonderful, glorious freedom that God wants to give you in relationship to finances and money. He says, if you love God, then the love of money will not have an attachment to you that will destroy your life and your heart. You won't grow dark and cold and ugly and mean and bitter. Instead, you'll find yourself doing the exact opposite. You'll find yourself becoming more and more and more generous as you continue to grow older. Job reminds us of this problem. He says this, If I had put my trust in money, if my happiness depends on wealth, it would mean that I denied the God of heaven. And what Job is trying to teach us, this incredibly rich man in the Old Testament, is the simple truth that as we respond to God, which was his already, God responds to us and gives us far, far more in a variety of different ways. And I'm not just talking about money, because I guarantee you money is just not a big deal in my life. And it's really not a big deal in yours. You just think it is. The big deal in your life is love and relationships and faith. And those are the things that God wants to expand in your life. And he says, do not substitute them for money. Because now you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to respond to me and watch me work in your life. The second kind of business is the blessed business. First one is the cursed business. Second one is called the blessed business. Malachi says, for those who tithe, I will prevent the pest from devouring your crops then all nations will call you blessed. So this is called the what business? The blessed business. So I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I want you to have a blessed business. Turn to them and say, yeah, tell them, yeah, that's it. I want you to have a blessed business. How many of you want a blessed business? I want one. I said, Lord, a long, long time ago, I became a Christian. I gave my life to him. and I said, Lord, I want my business to be blessed. I want my life to be blessed. And I actually tried to give far more than God asked of me. And God pulled me back and said, yeah, you don't need to give that much. That's inappropriately. You need to give this much. This is appropriate. And I began to give in accordance to the proportion that God wanted me to give. And he continued to bless me in marvelous, marvelous ways. To the place now where God in terms of proportion is saying uh, to me and my wife, okay, you guys need to give a little bit more. You need to increase this a bit. And I'm going, okay. I'm pretty comfortable with what I've been giving. And he's going, I know. And that's why you need to give a little bit more. 
Not necessarily to the church. There's other people and things that you have there. You do well. Your tithe goes to the church. Outside of that, you need to be giving offerings to people and special needs that I'm going to provide for you to build God's kingdom outside of this. You see, this is a simple thing in terms of the blessed business. 90% with God's blessing is far more than 100% without his blessing. Do you get that? 90% with God's blessing is far more than 100% without his blessing. You've got to catch that, folks, because it is incredibly true. Now, let me also say this to you. Well, no, I won't. I'm going to let that happen as we share some testimonies here in just a minute. Okay. Tithing does not make sense, first of all. Does anybody think tithing makes sense? Yeah, it only makes sense because we know that God's the creator of everything. And provide. You know, it makes sense in that area, but it doesn't make sense in that, okay, I give God 10% and I end up with more. Huh? No. When I give, I end up with less. God says, no, no, no. When you give, you'll end up with more. Really? Yes, really. How does that work? It works by faith. It's an amazing thing that God produces in our life. And it works in such a variety of ways in terms of our relationships with others, in terms of finances themselves, in terms of debt structure, all these different areas of arena. God's word says to do with the whole tithe. He says this, bring it. Say that with me. Bring it. Okay, that's what God says. God is saying to each one of you in relation to tithes, he says, Bring it. Bring the whole tithe to me. It's not yours anyway. So give me back the tithe. Test me in this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And the promise is, test me. If you don't believe it, what do you do? What does he tell you to do? What? Test me. It is the only place in Scripture I know of where God says, test me. It is it. There is no other place. None. None. It's the only place where God says, test me and see if this is not true. Test me and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out how much? Much. Overflowing. Overwhelming. Abundantly. Over and above the top. A bathtub that's full of water that's flowing over and the water's going onto the floor and down onto your downstairs bedroom. And you're going, ah! God says, that's how much I'm going to bless. That's how much I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it in marvelous ways and different ways for you as you need to receive it. You see, sometimes we forget that God uses money, a paltry thing, to build character into our life. To help us become the people that we desperately want to be and that he has made us to be. He said, I'll use money to do that in your life. Let me use it. Jesus tells us, if you're faithful with little, then you'll be faithful with much. And he says, if you're faithful with the world's riches that are so little, then God will bless you with those things that are far, far more in terms of real worth, in terms of real treasure. And you can begin to think, what are those things? It begins to work through your mind. What are those things? In fact, he says, if you don't use it, I'm going to take it from you and give it to somebody else who's been more faithful. And you're going to have less than you have now. So what we begin to see is that finances, money, and all this stuff is like God's got this wonderful spiritual storehouse for it. All this is laid out here. And he says, this is supposed to be yours and yours and yours and yours. Okay? Pour it out on you in love and hope and faith and all these wondrous things that go into your life. And this person says, you know, God, I'm not going to handle the finance thing here anymore. I'm not going to do that for you. And God says, ah, that's too bad. Here, I'll give this over to them then. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand. This is the way it works. Always has and it always will. 
And interesting, the number 10 is the number for testing in, in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. So when you talk about 10 days of testing, Revelation, talk about 10 days of testing. A uh, little quick thing. How many, okay, how many times was Pharaoh tested? Do you remember? 10. Right. You know, how many virgins were in the New Testament that were supposed to be prepared or unprepared for, for the coming of Christ? How many were there? 10, exactly. How many disciples are there? 12. Okay, testing you. Sorry. Uh, I, I couldn't help myself. I just had to do that to kind of throw it, throw it in. Yeah, testing. Test me. So you can do. I'm going to ask uh, Jeremiah. He's going to come up here, and so is Ken. They're going to come up. And these are two men um, who I love deeply, and I know very, very well. And they've experienced God's directive in their lives and had to make some special steps so that God could use them. And it was hard for them to do that. But they're going to share a testament of what God did and how he did it. So here's a double up here. We're going to start with Ken because he's the more vocal one of the two. And it breaks it loose, buddy. No, you don't have to fall. You can mix it up a little bit. You guys can a little bit and then get over to Jeremiah and he can share a little bit, you know. And I'm going to sit here and listen. You know I hate to get in front of people and talk. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right, I'll, make, I'll, make, I'll try to make this as quick as I can. I've shared my story before. It's an amazing story about, yes. about this experience. And um, last Wednesday, Jeremiah and I were having um, breakfast with Lee, and I said, you know, you're going to tell them about the fact there could be a test when you start tithing. Because that was my experience. 1990, I was going to school, working two little part-time jobs at the Newport Bay Inn, which is now the uh, Holiday Inn Express, and I was delivering, just started a new job delivering at OCB Repo Graphics at night. And I made it probably about 300 bucks a week. And I was going to Calvary Chapel, and I, I really feel the Holy Spirit put a transponder or an alarm or something in my heart, and it started pinging over the issue of tithing. And I thought, well, I'm all right. And like Lee said, it's easier when you make 300 bucks a week than it is, you know. Anyway. And so anyway, I, so I, I said, all right. So I started tithing, and I'm, I typically tithe. At that time, I went to a 12-step meeting Monday through Saturday. So I considered that two bucks I gave every day there part of my tithe. And I gave 20 bucks at Calvary Chapel every Sunday. So I did that fine for a couple weeks. Then one day, though, I'm driving down the 5 freeway, and this pinging started going off, and I was listening to the, the radio station. They said, give this money to the Bible League, and uh, it was 30 bucks to send 10 Bibles to, to China or something. So I said, is that what you want me to do? Is that, is that a, of you, Lord? I thought, well, it certainly isn't of me, so maybe you're right. So I sent off a check for 30 bucks. Now, you got to remember, I had $68 to last me for another eight, nine days till I got paid. So there went 30. All right, so the next day, I go to church with this girlfriend of mine, who, and we were walking in. With, we brought a guy with us. And, and I, I was, we got there, we we're going to be late, and I said, oh, I forgot my checkbook. She goes, don't worry, I'll give you 20 bucks to pay your tithe. So I, we sit down, she goes, I'm going to the ladies' room. She goes to the ladies' room, the collection goes by early, and so I go to the friend of mine who's there, his kid hadn't got any money, if you got 20 bucks, I'll give it back to you when Chrissy comes back. He gives me 20 bucks, I put it in the bucket. She comes out, she goes, oh, I saw the tithe go around, so I, I put the 20 in for you. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I got, I'm $40, I'm not going to have anything. This isn't going to work. <laughs> And something said, that transponder said, don't say anything, don't say anything. I said, okay, don't worry. I said, when I get back to the motel where I work that day, I'll write you a check for, I said, can you give him 20, because I own 20 now. So I'll write you a check for 40. I thought, I don't know how this is going to work, Lord. So when I got back to the motel in the lobby, she said, I feel convicted. I just don't give enough. Just make it out for 20. And I said, are you really, are you serious about that? <laughs> and, uh, and, I remember, and I felt the Lord saying, just don't say anything. I'll work it out. And I said, well, if that's how you feel. So, okay, so I wrote her a check for 20. So that saved me 20. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, that night, this new employee, I'll get through it. He, this guy had only been working at the place a couple of weeks. 
he got his car repossessed right out of the parking structure. Poor guy, it wasn't his his fault. Somebody had loaned him the car. They wanted it back. Okay, and this guy didn't know what he was going to do, how he was going to get home. And the Lord said, ping, ping, ping. He goes, give him 10 bucks. I go, 10 bucks? What will that do for this man who's just lost his car? Give him 10 bucks. So I go to this guy, I go, this sounds really weird, but the Lord wants me to give you 10 bucks. He goes, no, I, don't, I said, I said, I don't know why I won't do much for you, but he wants me to give it to you. So here's $10. I never saw him again after that night, okay? He never came back to work. Didn't have any way to get there, I guess. And so, um, <laughs> so I went Monday, Tuesday, uh. Wednesday, come Thursday, giving my $2 every morning at my meeting. Well, Thursday, I had, it's the last $2 I had. I had enough food to get through to the following Tuesday, I think, when I got paid. So I went to that meeting that Thursday. I said, do I give this two bucks? This is, I mean, because I'm not going to be able to give it Friday, Saturday, or 20, on, uh, so it's not working. So give it. Gave it. Went to the OCB job. I'd only started maybe three weeks or a month before. And they called me when I went, and they said, uh, you need to go upstairs to the office. I said, why? They go, well, you, you won the, uh, some contest. I go, what contest? He goes, yeah, every, you don't, may not know this, but every month that you don't get a ticket, they throw your license in a bucket, and uh, you won, so you got $50. And so, I mean, to me, that 50 bucks got me through, sailed through. And all I can, all I can say is uh, the church will survive without your money. And, oh, and, yeah. and, and Lee drives used cars, just moved to a little small car. <laughs> There's no slush fund in the Cayman Islands anymore. <laughs> and um, so <laughs> it is truly about what the Lord did. He never tested me like that ever again. I got through that hump. I've had a friend who couldn't do it, couldn't go over the hump, and is struggling today because of it, and I feel for him. Um, all I know is it's a supernatural thing. My desires have mm-hmm. decreased to match my money, and I just live in a freedom. It allows me to give. When Marty Hooper comes, the Lord said, ping, 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 give him some money to cover his expenses. The first time I said, all right, so it's a certain dollar amount. And now every time he comes, he goes, ping, ping, ping. I go, really? Really? And I, I know that alarm has a snooze on it, too, because sometimes I hit it and I go, stop. <laughs> and he goes, if you don't want to give it, don't give it, Ken. But last time Marty was here, Lee told me about a week before, and Marty's coming. I go, oh, God, Marty's coming. <laughs> I, I said, I love Marty, but that means I've got to give over this little bit of money. It's not a ton of money. And so, but I sat up there and I said, I said you don't have to give it. You don't want to. And Marty said, I was sitting in an airport in Korea, and I... I share the gospel with 17 kids or something, and if half of them came to Christ. And I said, don't you want to invest in that, Ken? Is that $100 going to change your life today? Or you want to invest in that? And I'll stop. Here's what I'll say. Do I feed the hungry every week? No, but yes, I do, actually. The Lord does it through my tithe because this church invests in Coelho Ministries. Do I translate the Bible? No, I don't personally, but through this ministry, we contribute to the marshals who do it through Wycliffe. Do I help troubled youth? I don't always personally. Probably I'm a troubled youth myself. But (laughs) Egypt does it through the ministry we support. We support the Pappuses who help Campus Crusade. So you can, it's, it's, your tithe goes to more than just this. So anyway, that's my story. Thanks for letting me share. All right. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, Jeremiah's going, oh, great. Not, not quite as animated as yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, this, this topic speaks to my heart quite a bit. Yes, and uh, I'm a little bit of a stubborn person, as my wife will be able to tell you. Um, I, I tend to learn a little bit slower in certain areas. And in other areas, I learn quickly and I do well. Uh, certain areas, a little bit slower. And finances happen to be one of those areas that... Um, I thought I controlled. I thought I was creating a bunch of success for myself when I was in my mid-20s. And I was in charge. I was doing it. I was the man. Mm-hmm. And making money. And I thought tithing or giving, you know, the kids would come around selling magazines at the house. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll buy $100 worth of magazines. And I thought that was giving. Mm-hmm. Or I'd give change to the guy standing out in front of the Albertsons and thought that was giving. And I'm like, I'm doing my part. I'm helping a little bit here and there. Yeah. Um, it, and just over time, 
I was making more money and I desired more things and I thought I was in control. And then that control slowly started to slip away. I was in over my head. I had too many things. And the Lord, through several years of humbling me, brought me back down to earth, back to the point where he said, you're not managing my money properly. I'm going to take it away from you. It got to the point where I didn't have an income for six months Hmm. and didn't. At that point, I was completely broken. I just had to get on my knees and give it all over to the Lord and said, I need you. I can't do this on my own anymore. And from that time, I mean, it was life-changing. I said that prayer over and over and over again. I can't tell you how many times, but it was, I mean, it, it was impressive. Lee brought me through this process a few years ago and, and an overview of the finances and, and what it meant and how to manage those finances. And it got to the point where I had no money to give, but I had time to give at that point. So I started dedicating time. And that was my tithe, and that's because that's all I had to give. I didn't have money to give, so I would, you know, we'd do home restoration. <coughs> home restoration would go paint, you know, a trailer, help clean, or whatever, and that was my tithe. And from that point, the Lord start slowly started giving me more again to manage. And the last couple of years have been absolutely amazing through, you know, mature counsel, <laughs> as Lee talks about all the time, <laughs> and uh, talking to those that were telling me that I was doing it wrong. A lot of help and guidance from Lee and from my wife and from this church family. Mm. Um, And now the Lord has put a lot of trust in me to manage his business again, to manage his finances. And the last couple years have been very successful and and slowly getting back to that point where not only do I trust myself, but like Ken said, my desires are completely different. My desires are for God. So giving is not a problem at all. Before, giving was like, I'm giving $100. I'm expecting $1,000 back. Can you help me with that, Lord? You know? And it got to the point where Lord, the Lord wasn't giving me the $1,000 back, so I would go buy a lottery ticket because <laughs> I needed to cash in. I needed to win. I yeah. needed the money. Yeah. Then I stopped buying lottery tickets. When I had the money to buy lottery tickets, I would tithe it, and, and I stopped doing that. And now it's, it's a complete 360. The Lord has trusted me more and more. Um, tithing to kind of put it in, in sailing terms since we're by the beach, you know, the Lord has given me a ship. It's his ship, and that's the finances. Tithing is the sail that powers my financial ship now, and yeah. he's entrusted me to be the captain of that ship. So I'm just trying to best manage it the way that I can. Amen. Amen. Thanks, buddy. Good stuff. Good stuff. Ah. Oh, my. Say, sail on sailor, right? Yeah. Ah, it's so wonderful when God teaches you this truth and by faith you begin to respond to him. I could have person after person. I watch the smiles. Of people, I watch them going, yeah, I learned that too. Yeah, I learned that too. And others of you looked and went, are you kidding me? Did he really do that? Was it really that much debt? Oh, yeah, it was. It was. Does he really give that much now? Yeah, he does. I know, I check it every week. That's not true. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, Pastor, you check how much my giving is? No. Robin does, though. <laughs> All right, enough said on that one. Jesus said this, if you give, you will what? 
receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be used to measure what is given back to you. Now, I don't want anybody here to get this idea that I'm giving a, a message that you give to get because that is not why you give. And if you do it for that reason, good luck. Good luck. That is not why God speaks to us about giving. We do not preach a prosperity gospel. But the bottom line is, if you are faithful to God, then God will see your faithfulness and He will bless you in ways that you can't even imagine right now. He will bless you in so marvelous ways, some of them financial, some of them physical, some of them spiritual, some of them in terms of your family, some of them in terms of your friends. You will be so blessed, you will find yourself going, enough, God, enough. Overflowing. Marvelous, because God is in the blessing business. That's what God does. And I'm amazed when I see people who trust God for their salvation, that you might have eternal life, and yet you fail to trust Him with your finances. What? What? Folks, this should not be. You are missing out. And I know some of you say, well, Pastor, I really would if I could, but, and that was last week, financial bondage. You're caught in financial bondage. God wants to release you from that. There's a process you need to go through. So you say, well, I'm going to sit down right now. I'm going to write out my tithe for this amount of money, even though it's not in the bank. Do not do that. Robin doesn't like cashing bounce checks. Those people I do know about. Okay? Comes back to me. These bounced. Oh, bummer. You know? Don't write checks that you cannot afford to cash. Don't do it. Allow God to take care of you and bless you. You heard the term mature counsel? Hey, that Jeremiah gave. Get some mature counsel how to put yourself in the position so that God can use you in marvelous ways and ability to tithe on a consistent basis to get out of debt and learn how to give proportionately. Not just to tithe, because God doesn't look at what we give. God looks at what we keep. Well, you guys got to hold on to that. We'll teach that a little bit later. But God doesn't look at what we give. God looks at what we keep. And proportionate giving is a wonderful truth that he wants to give us. See, if you come to me and you say, Pastor, I gave a million dollars last year. I went, wow, that's really cool. How much did you make? That will be my response to you. How much did you make? Oh, well, I made $50 million. I go, you made $50 million? You gave a million dollars. You suck. <laughs> what do you mean? I gave a million dollars. I said, you didn't even give a tithe. How much is a tithe of $50 million? $5 million. So as you can decimal. Okay, okay. $5 million. $5 million? I go, yeah, that's 10% of it. However, God would turn look at that and he said, $5 million. You mean you can't live on $45 million? Now you're beginning to understand proportionate giving. I'm happy to live on $500,000 a year. Wouldn't you be? I live on a whole lot less than that. <laughs> but I'd be happy to live on that. And that means I could have given 54 
million dollars to God last year and still had 500,000 plus to live on. A whole million to live on. Proportionate giving. You see, God doesn't look at what you give. God looks at what you what? Keep. Keep. And that's true of all of us in relationship to the desires that he places in us, a recognition of what we need to accomplish what it is that he wants to work through us. Some of you need more money to accomplish those things. That's great. God will do that and work through you. That's wonderful. You recognize what that is as you stand before God. You see, the tithe is the beginning point in relationship to responsiveness to God's ownership in our life. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, giving them the beat down. They were bragging about their tithe. And he said, you give what? He said, you give a tithe, a tenth of your spices and your mint and your dill and your cumin. I mean, these guys are really carried away. They're misunderstanding everything. He said, and yet you do not do what you need to be doing. The most important matters of them all. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness without neglecting the former, which is tithing. Because this is what happens. When we give appropriately to God, when we start with a tithe, it builds a bridge for us in relationship to these other areas of ministry and opportunity and relationships. That's what I've discovered God does for me. That God breaks the grip of greed. You heard that from Chris last week. He breaks the grip of greed and he produces within us a generous spirit that enables us to see what we could never see before and to do what we could never do before. And that's why God says, give me back 10%. And when you do, when you do, then I will release you. I will release you to do far more than you ever, ever thought you could do. And you'll begin to understand and your finances will come under control and you'll find yourself not in debt. Instead, you'll find yourself living as God intended you to live in freedom. And that was God's desire for you now is God's desire for you everywhere. He wants to give to you in relationship to your heart that where your treasures are, there your heart will be also. He wants to give to you in such a way that you find yourself overwhelmed and struggling with these issues. Lord, I want to give more. Where should I be giving? And God has to say, enough, enough. You don't need to give any more. You need to get this. You need to take care of these areas here. We say, okay, Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, the tithe is the bridge that enables us to learn and to teach important, wonderful things. So what have we learned? We learned this. God owns everything. But because he loves us, he's given us a business to manage. And we're to use that business to build faith and what? Friendships. Okay? Faith and what? Friendships. Okay? That's what he said. Use your money to build friendships. Be a generous person. Be a generous person. The number one value of our business you always got to know your values in business, is that we love God, not money. If you love money, it will never, ever what? It'll love you back. It won't. It will not love you back. It will not love you back. But if you love God, He will consistently, regularly, continuously love you back. The number one value of our business is the love of God, not money. And we declare that by starting with the 10%. So in my entire life, my beginning walk with God, he spoke this truth to me. 
He said, this is what you need to do. And he's blessed me ever since simply because he says, you're to give this back to me. Never, ever hold on to that, Lee. And that's what he wants to do in your life as well. And today is the day to start. Everybody close your eyes, bow your head. I want to pray for you because many of you today need to start giving a tithe to God. You need to start today. Now, I don't mean this, this time. Do not do it today. I mean, you need to start committing today. Next week, you can start doing that after you've thought about it and prayed about it and put it together. And you give your tithe to God. But today, today, we're saying, Lord, we come to you today and we ask that you might grant us the ability to give back to you. Because right now, greed has a hold on many of us. And we find ourselves unable, literally, Lord, we're unable to give to you as we need desperately to. So I'd ask that you might release them from these shackles, that you might guide them to that place where they can, with joy, with cheerfulness, with a smile on their face, with recognition of what you're going to do, because you are a God who rewards those who seek him. We seek you today, and we say, Lord, we want to test you only because we desperately need to see you working in our lives and in our finances. So today, today we commit ourselves to that, each one of us here. Lord, and you hear our prayers no hands raised or none of that stuff going on. But you hear us. You hear our hearts and our minds. And we cry out to each one of us individuals and say, Lord, Lord, I give back to you what you've given to me. Just 10%. I give it back to you. And I commit this day to begin doing that. And I commit to become a manager of your finances today. Thank you, Father. Let your blessing fall on these people. Let them experience your love and your care and your wondrous grace in their life. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we're going to sing.